Hey everyone, today we introduce you to one of my favorite people, Misty Dew. Misty has unique and thoughtful perspectives on a wide range of topics that I know you'll find valuable. Please enjoy episode 18 of the Ministry of Freedom show. Okay, we're going to start. You ready? Sounds good. Do I need to clap again? Nah. Okay. Welcome to episode 18 of the Ministry of Freedom show. That's Bruce Coddington, Jim Motes, Misty Dew. Woo! Welcome. Welcome. Misty is part of our series that we call Awesome People We Know that you don't know <laughs> yet. But should. Yes. That's and right. Will. Yes. Uh, and this will be the first, hopefully, of multiple Misty Do visits. So That'd welcome. We're happy to have you. So everyone, if you'd like to support the show, check out the website. Have you checked out the website? I've seen your website. I haven't been around you in a long time, so I can't quite tell. I, I actually have. Okay, so it's ministryoffreedom.show. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you can sign up for the newsletter, pick up merchandise, free shipping. I mean, I gave you some merchandise I, today. Yeah, I, so, I got the goodies. So you probably already got all the swag you're going to pick <laughs> up. Uh, so leave comments, ask questions. The questions go straight to me. Um, it's fun. I like to respond to them. Uh, social media. I am at Real Jim Motes. The show is at, at Ministry of Freedom Show. Um, you want to share your social stuff with the world? I mean, I don't even know if I know it, honestly, and I'm never on it. What do you think you are? I think you're just at Misty Do? I think it might be at Misty Do or Misty Dash Do. Yeah. Something, something along those lines. Yeah. But I haven't. The only time I've posted on Instagram is because I didn't realize it was coming from Facebook. Ah. Um, and I post on Facebook twice a year, so I'm really boring. What are those two times a year? Uh, I posted our Christmas tree, and then I posted the view from my kitchen when I moved. Yeah, that's it. Okay, we don't we don't post. All right, so we call her Do, and we're going to introduce the world to you. I want to tell the audience a little bit about you. How do we know each other? Where did it begin? Where are you from? Uh, so born and raised in Counts Bluffs with a seven year stint in Silver City, Iowa. I definitely forget that. Silver City, Iowa. Mm. Yeah, there's like 200 people. No kidding. Really small. There's a, a bar and a library. And I think there's an ice cream store, but I haven't been back in quite a long time. So and I bet it has the word dairy can, in it. <laughs> it's literally just called the ice cream shop. Dang it. Swing yeah. and a miss. No sign. <laughs> no nothing. No kidding. <laughs> nothing. So, but yeah, so we lived there for a while. Um, I met Jim when I was selling cars at Automart 150 um, at the age of 24. Worked there for 90 days. Not to age you, but for the audience's perspective, how long ago was that? That was nine years ago. Wow. It'll be 10 years this year. Wow. Um, In May. Uh, Yeah. And then um, after 90 days of attempting to sell cars in a climate where we weren't selling cars. Um, Jim asked me to come work at the finance company. Uh, I had a little bit of success in those first couple of years and honestly just ran into some luck with other people not sticking it out. 
ended up running the whole deal for a while. Attrition does wonders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you work really freaking hard. I do work it's not really just hard. about attrition. Um, and I'm pretty smart, not to toot my own horn, but I am I am one of the smartest people I've encountered in my age group. I'll say that much for sure. Um, and I was willing to uh kind of sacrifice a lot from a time perspective and, you know, ready to jump in with both feet, so to speak. So that helped a lot. And there's no quit in you. Nope. No. Because um, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were times. Uh, there, were, there was a lot of times at the beginning where Jim would ask me daily if I was going to quit. Um, but mostly just because I was a drunk mess. <laughs> and right. show up to work without a massive hangover and yesterday's makeup. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that might seem like an exaggeration. <laughs> so it's not. Uh, I remember many mornings. So I'd I'd walk down and she's in her office and I'd kind of just take a just a passing by and have to stop and peek back in and heads on the desk. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Hello. Can we she lifts up her head and then you see the Mm -hmm. like her makeup looks really nice today now if she started drinking say in 10 minutes and kept that up for 13 or 14 hours <laughs> got two hours of sleep and then came and we saw her tomorrow morning in the same makeup it's not going to look as good yeah. right so we talked about that and i said okay well we're gonna have some standards let's start with we're not going to be sleeping at the desk yeah <laughs> but yeah so you you turned that around Yes, I did. Fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, very quickly. Um, didn't really have a lot of choice, honestly, once uh, Emily left us. Well, you did. Your choice That's is true. you could go do something I else. I could have left. So, yeah. um, so you talk about attrition and your stick to -itiveness. So before you came to work with me, mm -hmm. you worked a decade at Long John Silver's. Yeah. I don't know about their business model and their plan, but I bet they don't have a lot of 10-year... 10-year tenured people at Long John Silver's? Um, so actually quite the opposite. Everybody who is a store manager in that store or in that company, at least the franchise that I worked for, um, has been there for 20 years. Amazing. That is. Um, which is that kind of a problem. blows me down. Because there's no room for growth. So you got to kind of hope one of them retires or kicks the bucket because otherwise you're never going anywhere. Yeah. But. Long John Silver's, dude. Wow, I would I would not have imagined that. Ten years. So for, I would have said five years at most for no, twenty first years. Job. So since you were basically fourteen years old, you've kind of been working at Long John Silver's <laughs> or in the finance company that you currently work for. Yeah, basically, mm -hmm. with some odd second jobs thrown in there. Yeah, good on you, mm -hmm. and that's why you're successful. Uh, okay, so let's move forward. I always have a scripture section to the show. So when we have guests on, as I did with you, I reach out and I'll say, hey, is there a scripture you want to talk about or anything that you, and you got back with me very quickly and just said, not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, this, believe it or not, kind of that day I was, okay, I'm going to pray a little bit about what's some, where could I get directed to in the Bible and what would make me kind of think about Misty. So it took some time. And then I, I knew kind of when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. So here's what, I, here's what I came to. You're going to like this. 
It's from Proverbs 31, 16. It reads, she has a plan. She considers some land and buys it. Then with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She wraps herself in strength, carries herself with confidence, and works hard, strengthening her arms for the task at hand. She tastes success and knows it is good. And under lamplight, she works deep into the night. That is good. That's Misty Dew. That is. <laughs> so you now have a life verse. I do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't that good? <laughs> it's like a motto. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that really made me think of you. I'm like, look at that's Right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I thought that that worked out pretty cool. Um, so let's talk faith. You have members of your family who yes. I know are Christians. Yes. Um, brothers. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they'd have a problem with us mentioning that on the Not show. I mean, they wear it. They do. Um, Frazier's in seminary school right now. So. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So they wear it. Where do you consider yourself from a faith perspective? Um, you know, I... I've tried all the hats, right? Um, so let me give you some options. So you don't worship the devil. I do not. No. We just found that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> News to everybody. So I'm going to tell that short story. So we worked with a gal years ago. And and I don't know what gave her this impression. But anyway, <laughs> after she worked with you for a couple of years, we're mm-hmm. talking one morning about Easter or Christmas or something, and you're going to a dinner or whatever. And so this gal looks super perplexed. She's got this look in her face like, hmm. and so what's going on? She, she looks at Misty. She says, hold on. You don't worship the devil? <laughs> Misty's like, no. I don't worship the devil. What are we talking about? Yeah. So I, and I knew that, right? I never one day thought, oh, is this Misty? Yeah. There's a lot of thoughts jumbled around. Yeah. There wasn't that one. So, right. So, and you're also not like, you're not like Buddhist or Muslim. No. So would you consider yourself agnostic? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm not completely shut off. To the idea that there is a divine power, um, but I definitely question everything. I'm very, um, I don't want to say cynical, but curious about everything that I encounter. And so I approach this religion and spirituality the same way. Interesting. And While I, yeah, also I think acknowledging that's that there's a lot to learn and gain from the teachings of the Bible. Um, it's just as far as how to be a good person, mm-hmm. right? And how to live a life of meaning, even if it's not something that you subscribe to on a daily basis. We had uh, some interesting comments on some show stuff from the last few weeks. And one of the conversations led to, uh, if there's no God, where's that feeling inside of you that knows the difference between right and wrong? Where's that from? Um, Empathy. You know, I... I because you know right from yeah. wrong, right? And so does... I mean, so do devil yeah. worshipers. Right? They, yeah. they know right from wrong. Is that just something we're just born with and we know right from wrong? Is it, Are we taught? Because I think it's not taught. I think I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that when you look at Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, I think that he obviously had some genetic predispositions to being a certain kind of person. Um, but I also think that a lot of it came from his childhood and the trauma that he endured during that. So I think it's a, it's a mixture for me. Yeah. And I don't know the answer. 
one of the things that I've said on here on the show many times is it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. I, I just know that I have it and I know that um, I don't need to be threatened to be a good person. Sometimes I have to be threatened to be a nice person, uh, but they're not the same in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt people, but I certainly don't feel the need to go out of my way to accommodate you, if that makes sense. It does. <laughs> yep. I like that. And I've, that's very true with you. <laughs> <laughs> so in my notes here, one of the things I wanted to discuss was, so you've been one of those people that I've watched evolve. So at 24 years old, you're a certain person and, you know, we go, we fast forward eight, nine years and, and here we are. Um, one of my first memories of being around you was the election cycle in 2016. So we were working together, but hadn't for that long. Right. Um, so then the fall comes and Donald Trump wins the election. And I remember coming to work a day or two after that. It might have been off a day. And so the next time I saw you, though, after the election, I came to work and you were upset. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. Right. <laughs> Like actually crying. Yeah. I remember I walked into our break room area and Misty was with one of the other employees and she was crying. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? And then she told me what happened. And it turns out I knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Misty, what happened? Donald. <laughs> Whoa. Are you being serious right now? And you were. I'm, I was, not, I yeah. was, I'm not trying to discount your feelings, mm -hmm. but you were visibly upset. So let's, can you take your, your mind back to that season and that day? Why, yeah. in hindsight, were you that emotional about that outcome? Um, so, for one, I was young. I was 26 years old. And it, now I don't believe you're a fully grown human being until you're 30, at least. Um, but I was 26. And Once so, you turn 40, that benchmark will change. I believe that to be true. Yeah. Wait till you hit 50. Yeah. I believe that to be true. Wait till you're like an octogenarian like we are, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently we're boomers. <laughs> but yeah, I was, a, I was a millennial in her mid-20s. And um, I still very idealistic about my approach to everything in life. Um, and when you live like that, there's always the inherent fear of these. I don't want to say this because it's going to make me mad at young me, but there's oh. always this fear of this rich old white guy who's coming to take everything away from the protected classes. Right. Um, and I'm a woman and I have friends who are of color and I have friends who are of who are LGBTQ or whatever it is now. And we're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of spinning and a lot of doctoring. And even some of the comments in context were kind of crass. Um, and in my heart at that point in time could have a really profound impact on people like me. Um, so there's obviously the famous comments about grabbing a woman by her genitalia. Um, there were the comments about... Thank you for your self-editing. <laughs> You're so very welcome. Because <laughs> um, I've heard you say it. 
<laughs> no, I don't like that word. <laughs> uh, you've heard me say every other word, but right. not that one. Um, but uh, and then there, you know, the the comments about Mexico sending the racists or the rapists and the murderers and stuff like that. Um, and Mike Pence's history on supporting conversion therapy um, for for gay kids. And so, you know, the, that combined with all of the propaganda that was being thrown at people my age um, really caused a lot of fear. Um, mm. And so I had a three-day mental breakdown. Right. So it's well said. <laughs> and here's one of the things I respect about you and always have is you have an answer to that question. He's racist. Or Donald Trump hates gay people. I, what leads you to believe this? You articulated that very well. He did say such and such. Mike Pence has been in support of, right? And you're, you feel very strongly about those yeah. things. Um, and I think that the propaganda arm that you mentioned is what kept the real conversations from, ha from happening. And yeah. conversations that are okay to have. Yeah. But we weren't allowed to have those. Neither side was allowed to have those because of the hate and the vitriol and and it went so far as, and if I'm wrong, correct me, but I remember you believing that Trump was going to have his forces, so to speak, go to door to door in a sense and take gay people yep. and, and like round them up and hurt them or put them in camps or, and I remember thinking, hold on, that's, to me, that sounds very irrational, but to you, it was real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, history kind of repeats itself when you're not paying attention. Um, and it hasn't happened with the, the gay community, but it has happened with other minority groups, right? It happened here in the United States to Japanese Americans, happened on a large scale um, all over Europe to Jewish people. Um, and so there is the the historical precedence for that happening. And then, but it was mostly just something that was being kind of screamed at us yeah. um, was that this is something that you need to be afraid of. These are people that yeah. you need to be afraid of showing up at your door and taking your loved ones. Like this is V for Vendetta. And to motivate you to take action, people, your generation, they use fear and it still goes on. Yeah. And they use it on us. Oh yeah. They're going to come it, take your guns. Yep. It's, it's, it's exactly. So it's not, this isn't a partisan thing. It go. It's it's a power thing. Yeah. People mm -hmm. in power use fear to manipulate, and that's we have to be aware of it. And there's times I'm not as aware of it as I really need to be. Thus, these kinds of conversations. Yeah, they for sure. get me thinking and get me a little bit. Hey, you know what? That's instead of oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and you'd never say, well, just because. Why do you think that's going to happen? Because no, you've got a reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate. Told you, your, I'm your, one of the smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I appreciate your perspectives, and the audience is going to appreciate your perspective as well. I hope so, because around seventy percent of our audience, the the analytics tell us, are forty to sixty year old men. So, a lot of the people that are tuning in that are in that demographic are going to line up with kind of what we think and say, and and that's that's where you gravitate. We need to present. Here's how somebody might have felt about Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, not everybody's at waving a MAGA flag and he's all this and great. And I mean, he's got his freaking problems. Yeah, he's human. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's that's well said.
your perspective changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After that. And because you saw that some of that stuff wasn't happening. Right. So I would ask you this, and I don't want to just dive into nothing but politics, but I think it's relevant. So in that four years, so we're going to go 17 to 21. Mm-hmm. So it gets inaugurated in January of 17. Is that, I think yep. my numbers are right. Yeah. Yes. That seem right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first term, his four-year term, do you think that your life as a young woman in America, professional woman, was it better, worse, or identi- identically the same? Um, and not just from outside personal things, just from the infrastructure that the government had set up for you to operate in. So I think that from a business perspective, um, working under that administration was significantly better. Um, it usually is when you have a business forward or like a business forward president or um, Senate and stuff like that. Uh, The CFPB kind of backs off a little bit when it comes to. So for the audience, that is the Consumer Financial Protection Protection Bureau. Bureau. And it is a regulatory arm of big government Mm -hmm. that wants to overly regulate the actions of business, any business that has dealings with customers. So Mm -hmm. any business. Yep. And they can be egregious. Yeah. And they they were a challenge and are still a challenge for you. Not a challenge for me. Not at all. (laughs) I've got other ones now. (laughs) (laughs) Just different. Uh, But yeah, it was from that perspective, it was great. Um, You know, I think I paid less in taxes during that administration. So that was amazing. Um, gas prices were pretty, pretty good. You know, I, and, and, and in all honesty, um, during his term, uh, I didn't notice any real deviances in my day-to-day, day-to-day life. The things that we were afraid of certainly never happened. Um, there were the issues with immigration right um he's got the wall there was those kids that were at that holding facility that allegedly got lost um all that stuff but who knows how real most of that stuff is and how much of it has been um blown out of proportion or spun um and if we did lose children i'm very sorry that's awful uh, but i don't to be honest have inside knowledge to that and so i'm not going to make a determination on whether or not that was his fault or his you know administration's fault um but yeah for me personally as a young white woman my life did not go badly during that time i think trump was good at his job Mm -hmm. i don't think he's the greatest dude in a lot of ways right and i mean i think that's come on yeah He's done some things and said he, some things. He has. And, but uh, I think he was overall pretty good at his job. And, yeah. and I think we're hiring him to do that job. Now, there's also the argument to be made for as the face of America, mm-hmm. you should be held to some higher standards. Um, and, you know, certainly those are relevant conversations worth having. But I do think your evolution was you were open enough to be in like, you know, this hasn't gone that bad. Right. So your gay friends weren't, their lives weren't falling apart. No, none they of didn't them get are missing. fired from their jobs. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. None of them went missing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good thing. That's good. All I can hope for. 
Um, yeah, no, not at all. And t- to be honest, I think that the difference between Donald Trump as a presidential candidate and let's just say Clinton, right, um, is a little bit of tact, but not necessarily character. Um, I think that he's probably the same guy that a lot of these guys are. He's just not smart enough to keep his mouth shut. Or maybe that's not even the right word. Maybe it's just that he kind of enjoys the drama that it stirs up. Mm-hmm. You know, We have friends like that. Yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying not to say that. <laughs> right. yeah. For everyone's sake, that's what that veiled <laughs> comment meant. <laughs> so that's well said. Um, interesting yeah. fact. Bill Clinton has been out of office for 25 years. Mm-hmm. He is younger than both Biden and Trump. <laughs> That's how old these cats are. Yeah, yeah they're old. Now, it's Bill kind Clinton, of embarrassing. Bill Clinton, he ain't looking great. No. Friend of ours has a few <laughs> speculations on why that is, but um, we won't get into that. <laughs> We're all, some of our stuff's already. The, our, uh, the platform on social media where the videos are, I don't want to name that platform by name because they already hate us. <laughs> some of the stuff we've put out of late has gotten, you know, six views. Um, so that's real when there's some things they don't yeah. want you saying. Um, so um, moving forward. <laughs> I have. What about the women's marches? So Ooh. when we go back to that time, remember, you were super active yes. in, in the women's marches. Mm-hmm. So. And a lot of this I've kind of embellished in my own mind. So if I say things that really didn't happen, because I tend to make things up. And yeah. after I vocalize them three or four times, they come become truth to me. So it's one time. I remember you like making signs. I did not make signs. You held signs. I did not hold a sign. Okay. So I did take pictures of signs. Here's. Here's my recollection, and then we'll let Misty tell you what really happened. So I remember her having like a whole arts and crafts area in the office to where she's making signs and she's got glitter, and which was par for the course. She had a lot of glitter. She also wore the hat. Remember the hats? I I remember the hats. So... But none of that happened, did it? None of that happened. No. Um, <laughs> did actually, I tell you, man, this Misty dude, she's got the hats. Yeah, no, actually, what happened is I went to my white collar job, worked all day, and then got off, changed into some jeans, and went to the march with no sign Dang it. and no hat. There were hats, though. There were lots of hats. Yeah, with yeah. like the ears. Mm-hmm. The pink cat hats. Is that what we call them? That's not what. That's the appropriate the thing to ta- hats, call them. Yeah, I think I've purged that. Oh. But I do remember well, it. Well, let's, yeah. let's unpurge you. <laughs> okay, do you want me to look them up? Please. <laughs> you know what you need to type in, though. And I don't know if you want that coming up in your search. Yeah. <laughs> so you participated in those, mm-hmm. and I respect that because um, you were all about it. Yeah. And if we – would you participate in that? type of march today i would yeah mm-hmm. um it seems like they're not around though i mean they're not happening as much um there are there's a lot of political stuff happening downtown 
but there's like five people. And so you live downtown now uh-huh. and we're kind of suburbanites. So yep. we're not kind of in the mix. I thought you found him. Oh, I did. Oh, I, I had him up. Oh, I didn't see him. Well, that's certainly not it. There they are. There we go. Yeah. You sure you didn't wear those? I did not have that hat. Huh. Let's get you one. <laughs> okay. Can we get Ministry of Freedom hats of that just for Misty? I, I don't know. Were so, they actually manufactured or, or did I, they have, did they all sit around and knit these? Um, I think. Come on. <laughs> You think these chicks are knitting? I think they don't all girls I think knit. Somebody knitted and one. There we go. <sighs> no, I know. Although I know. knitting needles would make a great weapon, just throwing that out there. Oh, I know. Casually, <laughs> my mother has them, and so does my wife. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, okay, so the the marches and stuff that you were super political, and, absolutely, and yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a diehard feminist, not even necessarily super political. And to this day, not super political, but um, I do have, I do have ideals that I will never waver from. And that happens to be one of them. I believe that women are equal to men on the good side and the bad side, right? With the same propensity for violence and the same propensity for kindness and love. And we should be treated as equals and we should be punished as equals. Um, So, and I believe that a lot of, I believed more then than now, I suppose, that a lot of um, society believes women are kind of objects, right? They're they're not fully complex human beings, um, and so we need to be taken care of, and we need to be told what to do, and what's right, and what's wrong, and what our capabilities are, and what our possibilities are and what we can do with our bodies and all of that kind of stuff and so um nobody nobody feels they need to tell men those things and so i will die on that hill that i am just as smart and just as capable of making good and bad decisions as any male counterpart agreed let me throw this out there yeah so are women objectified yeah yeah i think inarguably and i think now probably more than ever so, familiar with OnlyFans. I am indeed. Okay. Do women have any culpability in the fact that they are super objectified? Yeah. So, how about, and I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to throw a couple scenarios out there yeah. to you. Maybe not in February in, in Omaha, but in the summer for sure. Mm-hmm. We can go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and I can show you chicks with their boobs hanging out. Absolutely. Sitting there having beers and eating a slice of pizza. And, those same women are super offended if they happen to think a guy accidentally gives them a second look because don't objectify me. Yeah. Then put your stuff away. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about your feeling about that. So my rule is you can look, just don't touch. Um, to say that women don't also objectify men would be ridiculous because we do. Um, and, you know, men walk around in the summertime without their shirts on all the time. So, but also don't complain about being objectified. For, exactly. Um, but women so, tend to like to use things mm-hmm. for their advantage. I agree. And it's complain kind of a victim that mentality. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting, I want you to understand that perspective from men. Yeah. Because we're like, okay, women are always crying about, not always yeah. crying about, but they complain a lot about 
their femininity being manipulated. Yeah. Yet they want to use it to their advantage. It's okay. So you can't have you everything. You can't have both. It, it, women are culpable for sure. Um, I, like I said, I don't care. I don't, I wouldn't say that I dress for men for the male gaze or whatever that is that they're, you know, using right now. But I would say that I'm not going to be upset if a man finds the way that I am dressed or the way that I did my hair or anything like that to be nice. Um, just don't put your hands on me. That's it. Um, and to to complain about people looking at you is stupid. Yeah. And how about in the workplace? Like if I would if I would say, hey, I like your hair today. Yeah, that's a, something I can get written up for in the corporate world. Or I like your shoes or hasn't that gone a little bit far? It's ridiculous, to be honest. Um, and, you but know, it really isn't as ridiculous as the bosses that would be doing doing back rubs so it right. is an over it's it is an, an over, overreaction yes. overcorrection it's but the yeah. pendulum swing right you're exactly right and so that's how people justify yeah it. yeah right yeah i mean i totally agree yeah so like if you give somebody a compliment then yeah but if the you know if your secretary walks by and you pat her on the ass yeah that's a freaking problem yeah right? absolutely and again look don't touch mm -hmm. Or even try not to even, you know, stare. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's, you know, don't make her uncomfortable. Don't be a creep and just like, you know. So, so this is something I found out uh, just recently. So, have you on 4chan? Have you, do you know about 4chan? I do so, from Morpheus. Okay. Um, from our so, guest a anyways, couple weeks so ago. There's a new AI that they're using. Mm -hmm. So, you, we've heard the Taylor Swift thing where AI yes. has made porn with AI. Well, there's a total reverse of that where they're taking. Uh, women's Instagram photos that are extremely revealing and making them more modest mm. and, and they're posting it. And so uh, up on the screen, you, you can see what, what they've done. Oh. Yes. Right. And so this is now being considered extremely offensive because it's still guys determining how women should look. How do you feel about that? Um, You know, I think you're going to look how you want to look. Just understand that, there's consequences to every action, right? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> because people just love being offended, don't they? They do. <laughs> they really do. You can't tell me that you're walking out in a string bikini top um, and the shortest shorts on the planet and you're mad because people are staring at you. You wanted to be stared at. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You wanted people to notice what you were wearing. So to complain about it is just you're making a martyr of yourself. And I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Ditto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you believe that there's a war, excuse me, a war on women in this country? Um, no, that seems a little egregious to me. Kind of loaded question. I mean, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> he knew what her answer was going to be. <laughs> I, I, well, I got the answer I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that there is a war on men in this country? No, I, I don't. War is such a big word. All right, let's take war. Um, but How about what about the patriarchy? Talk there, to me about the patriarchy. Okay, there is a patriarchy. However. It goes back to culpab culpability, right? Um, I can sit here and piss and moan about the patriarchy till I'm blue in the face. But if I'm going to do things that uphold the patriarchy, then I am just as bad. 
Um, for instance, you know, if I am telling a woman what she can or can't do with her career or what her capabilities are, if I'm judging women for wanting to be stay-at-home mothers, I am also limiting her avenues that she's allowed to take or that she feels comfortable taking. If I tell a little boy that this girl couldn't have possibly been mean to him at recess because he's a boy and she's a girl, that is me furthering the patriarchy. So, um, yes, there is a patriarchy. Yes, there are there are way too few female voices speaking on female issues. Um, but part of the problem we have is that some of the females who are speaking are kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. I think there's a patriarchy. I don't know that it's as harmful and because well, I'm part of it, I guess. Right. Um, and I'm sure that I don't have the perspective of, of other folks. Right. Um, I have a question for you, mm-hmm. a suddenly controversial question and topic. And I don't even know if we're going to have enough time to unpack this answer <laughs> because it's going to be so multi-layered. This is going to be a tough one, but I'm going to pose it to you because we've agreed you're smart and mm-hmm. you might have some thoughts on it. Yeah. What is a woman? <laughs> uh you know (laughs) to me this is gonna get me canceled before i've even begun you Um, post twice a year (laughs) i know that's what i'm saying before i've even begun uh so and let's let's back up in all seriousness though the fact that that's where your mind went that's the problem with our society. I, I agree. I just said, what's a woman? It, I, it should just be an answer. I know that millennials are young, right? I know that we're one of the younger generations. But to me, a woman is just a woman, right? You are born a woman. I don't understand. So from like a chromosome perspective, yeah, a biological perspective, yeah. how many genders are there? To me, too. Um, and I understand that there's some d- discrepancy in that viewpoint. There's not. But for me, that's what it is. I don't I don't understand enough about the other stuff. Um, I've never walked through the other stuff. I don't want anybody to. Let me ask you this. And I'll pose this to you as well. We all have pets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go to the pet store, mm-hmm. how many genders can you pick from? There's just the two. Hold on. The cat people are about to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) No, because there's two. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But I don't know. It's that's, I don't know. You know, uh, this is probably way more philosophical than we should be. But um, every generation wants to mess with the language of of their parents. Yeah. And it's just this generation has chosen gender. Right. And it's and it comes from a good place because um, there are people that actually do suffer from uh, dysphoria. Right. Right. Yeah. There, there, that is a real thing. I don't disagree. I want to ask you this and we'll continue. Is that an illness? I, yeah. I, is it a mental illness? It absolutely is. I and agree that's with unfortunate that, that we're I, I not, and we're helping, not them. helping these people. Now, yeah. you say they, they mess with the language and stuff and all generations do it. I agree with that. This generation has chosen harm. There's a lot of harm coming mm-hmm. from, from what they're doing. And, that's, and, and that harm is on children. 
So if they were, if I saw the harm being on 40 year old men, I'd be like, oh, yeah, too bad. Kids are being hurt in our society every day and we need to stand up for it and we need to stand up for them. Yeah. Well, and I would tell you that there's a lot of fear mongering um, from both sides. So there's obviously on the conservative side, well, they're teaching our children to be gay or, you know, whatever. On the other side, um, because I do have, I have people that I know of that have trans children or trans children, they're five. Um, but they're being told that one in eight kids who identifies as trans is committing suicide before the age of 18. Um, and they're being told that, you know, states are taking away your rights as a parent if you advocate for your child who believes that they've got this gender dysphoria. Um, and so I think, again, it comes down to a lot of people wanting to spin this to make it a political issue when realistically it's a health issue and it's a men a mental health issue more than anything. And I also think that it's, again, another pendulum swing is in the 70s, if you were somebody who identified as trans, you were permanently sterilized and put in a mental institution for the rest of your life. And that's disgusting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we've, we're just experiencing more of those swings. And at some point, I think that everybody needs to be a grown up and just kind of meet in the middle. Um, My first off, you, you said that a lot of conservatives seem afraid that there's going to be more gay people. Or, well, that they're that not that they're going to be more gay people, but that they're talking to young children yeah, about yeah. things that they don't feel are appropriate, right? That they're talking about gay sex, that they're having. Drag Is it queens appropriate in there. to talk about gay sex or heterosexual sex <laughs> with six-year-olds? Absolutely not. Okay. Agreed. Um, I don't, and myself and my kind of sphere of influence. I, I don't know anybody that is afraid of gay people, no. uh, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Homophobic. That means we have fear of gay people. I'm not a gay person. I don't have fear of gay mm -hmm. people. I don't have hate towards gay people. It's just who they choose to have sex with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what I have, and I don't even have fear about this. I'm angry that children are being manipulated and permanently harmed and mutilated and that's not even that that's not too strong a word they're being mutilated they're being given drugs and changing their their it's a, it's it's unacceptable if we're not standing up for children society's done yeah uh, i i agree actually i don't believe in giving children the hormone replacement therapy that if you turn 18 and that's something that you still feel that you want to do, you're a legal adult at that point. Bingo. Um, but to give it to children, it it alters their uh, their growth, right? You're you're physiologically changing the way that they would enter puberty um, and the way that their body is developing. It's a permanent change to a temporary problem. Um, if you're if you can't be trusted to get a tattoo. How are you changing your sex? And that's okay. I, I mean, we've got, I agree with you. Yeah. Grown people want to go do whatever. I'm pretty much, I'm pro yeah. freedom. It's in the title of the show. We're about freedom, aren't we? But we also have to protect children. children. And I, you and I have had this conversation. If you, if your child wants to wear pants, let your kid wear pants. If your kid wants to wear something pink, let your kid wear something pink. 
Those are things that they can change in five minutes that aren't going to alter the course of their life. Um, totally agree. They want a haircut. Cool. That's fine. Just when it comes to medications and when it comes to surgeries and when it comes to things that are going to alter them for 30, 40 years or or shorten their life term, I just that's where I draw the line. I also think that a lot of parents use this as a badge of honor amongst their peer groups. So the cool moms have the five-year-old kid that's trans. Yeah. Look, my kid's trans. Yours isn't. I'm more woke. They're using this as their own identity. I I do think that there is a little bit of that. Kind of the brunch moms. Yeah. You told me once that um, the stupid people are always the loudest people in the room, right? Um, actually, during the Women's March era. So um, that's kind of what I think of when I think of that, is that a lot of these people who are super active on social media where they're showing this kid's face 24-7 and all of their um, posts are about regulatory issues or about trans issues, I think that at that point you're probably just utilizing your child as a prop. Agreed. Yeah. Why didn't they just stick to chihuahuas? Right. (laughs) Right? Remember when everybody had a chihuahua in their purse? Yes. I like that. It was a simpler time. Chihuahua purse time. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. That's right where my mind went. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice. Thank you for that, Bruce. (laughs) Hey, guys, this seems like a great place to take a break. And I want to encourage you to tune in next Tuesday for part two of the Misty Do Show. (laughs) 